Welcome to the Here to Be podcast, a show that gives you full permission to be, to just be you. I'm your host, Megan, a trauma-informed breathwork facilitator and embodiment coach, empowering you to stop looking outside of yourself for the answers and to lead from your inner wisdom. We're going to get real, we're going to get raw, and probably a little woo-woo. I'm so glad you're here to come with. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for being here at the Here to Be podcast. I'm your host, Megan. And in one of the titles that I wear and proudly hold and and play with is breathwork and somatic facilitator. And within that, so much of my work is around the nervous system and nervous system regulation, noticing nervous system dysregulation, it's been a theme that we've talked about quite a bit on here over the last few episodes. So wanted to bring with you some strategies, some tips, some suggestions for you to start to examine in yourself and maybe get curious and maybe explore for yourself some ways of coming back into a regulated state or being in a regulated state for the first time in a long time or maybe a lifetime. Um, Nervous system regulation wasn't anything I ever really thought about, even in the time when I was into energetics and into knowing that emotions were stored in the body. There was still uh, just not really the, the putting all the puzzle pieces together. And I remember many, many years ago being at the chiropractor once and getting an adjustment. And he had made mention of doing some breathing techniques because he's like, I think this is stuck in your nervous system. He had asked about a specific, he's like, have you ever been in a a motor vehicle accident? And we kind of talked about that a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I think, I think there's something stuck in your nervous system. And my mind was just blown. I just went home and I started researching it and started digging it all in. And mind you, I had finished a, um, I had finished uh, my degree, I had finished my master's degree in clinical physiology. So you think that that maybe would have been a part of my radar, but it just wasn't. And it wasn't a part of my education necessarily in that way. And I also think at that point in time, it was still very fragmented. Um, there wasn't, there wasn't more of the holistic view about talking about the body as a whole and how all of our systems interplay with one another. So From that point on, I became really, really fascinated and really interested in this concept of like, huh, of course, if energy is stuck there, what else there is, you know, what else is processing in my nervous system or not processing in my nervous system? So ways that you can gauge for yourself or start to get curious and question for yourself of, am I in a, do I have a regulated nervous system or do I have a dysregulated nervous system? That's clearly going to vary from moment to moment, time to time. With a lot of these ideas today or suggestions or offerings today, they can definitely be done in real time. If it's an acute dysregulation, we can talk about what that is a little bit. Or if it is a longer standing chronic state where it really starts to become your baseline and it's more challenging to drop into another calmer regulated state. So, you know, things looking at what is your stress level? What is your sleep looking like? Uh, I think it's such a little 
big, very, very big, but also something that gets bypasses sleep and how it impacts so much of our life. I mean, listen to Huberman Lab. He has oodles of podcasts on sleep and seeing how it really impacts our whole function of everything. If we've experienced large traumas, small traumas, day-to-day traumas, acute chronic trauma, period. If you are in a space of conflict, if it's acute, if it's a chronic one, especially if it's within yourself or around those that we love or those that are really close to us, if there is anxiousness or depression that is happening, if there's trouble managing emotions, you're really noticing some swings. And for anybody who is a cycling human, that can, you might notice different states of regulation throughout different phases of your cycle. If you are not a cycling human at this point in time, but you notice different variations throughout different moon phases or different seasons, you can go back and listen. I have a episode two episodes, actually one with Alexia talking about cyclical living and then a follow-up one to that really talking about how to breathe and how to approach different, um, different seasons and different cycles for you. So you might notice different seasons of regulation in a cycle or a phase that you're in. So thinking about this, you know, where are these things kind of showing up time and time and time again? And If you're a human here on this earth, odds are you're probably under stress. You've probably had some big life experiences. You may not have been taught to manage emotions. Hello, most of us. Emotional intelligence was not something that was practiced or taught to me in school or even in early adulthood. Um, So these are very common. Just saying this isn't a like red flag, like, oh my gosh, I'm completely dysregulated. It's almost just an awareness of, oh, okay, there's some dysregulation here. And and the way that our system moves and processes, I don't want to get, I don't want to paint a picture that dysregulation or variations of regulation is is a negative thing. It's not that we're never going to have dysregulation. It's not that we're never going to have stress. It's not that our sleep is always going to be perfect. It's not that life experiences aren't going to happen and we're going to be impacted them. Not at all, not in the least. When we talk about building a healthy nervous system and using these practices for regulation, using some of the techniques and the offerings that I'll share with you today and many, many other ones that we'll sprinkle in and pepper in towards the end, It's about how can you process what is there, come back into a centered space where you are within your window of tolerance, and then make choices, process your emotions, feel what needs to be filled fully and have the capacity to actually rest. It's kind of that cycle of poor sleep, dysregulation, the more dysregulation, the more stress, the more stress, the more we have trouble managing our emotions, the more the conflicts build, the more there's anxiousness or depression, the harder it is to sleep. It's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. So looking at this as we're just here to have moments of reprieve, we're letting the body build the capacity to feel discomfort, to touch in spaces of dysregulation, and then allow the body to come back into it. That is that is building our capacity. That is heart rate variability. These are, if you are, um, you know, if you track with an aura ring or any recovery pieces, this is exactly what we're looking at is 
when what happens when the body is in a stressed or dysregulated state and how quickly can it come back towards a baseline. So what happens when the body is dysregulated is our sympathetic, our fight or flight becomes our dominant state of being. It is when it is has been, we're under stress for long or prolonged periods of time, when we haven't dealt with any of our past experiences or emotions, when we've been uh, avoiding them, when we've been disassociating, when we've been suppressing all of them, we start to, the body starts to acclimate to what feels most comfortable. And when it's there and when it's prevalent, most of the time, fight or flight becomes a basic landing space for the body and a way of nervous system being essentially. So that parasympathetic, the rest and digest, it becomes, we're, we're almost moving farther away from it. It's more challenging to access. It's harder to tap into. It's harder to touch and to be into, or it's very fleeting when it's there. Um, and these can be some other cues and some subtle signs. Like, am I always really reactive versus responding? Is everything feel urgent? Are there digestive issues? Again, is sleep off? Where am I? Do I ever have moments of ease and calm? How much tension am I holding in my shoulders, in my jaw? Can I take a full breath? What is happening within my body that also constitutes our mind? Remember, they're not two severed beings. It's not a mind and a body. It's a whole holistic piece of our body. Things like having trouble concentrating is a, a really common sign of dysregulation. This was really eye-opening to me in reading something and doing some research. And this is really eye-opening to me over the last couple of months. Focus has been extremely uh, a challenging space for me to drop into. I haven't had the desire or the drive. It's painful to be in that. And even things that I adore and even things that I love, even things like uh, sitting down and recording a podcast, it just felt so challenging to be in and stay in that focused state. Sleep distress, we said digestive issues, physical expressions of your emotions, pain, headaches, backaches, your feet, your knees, other physical manifestations of that, which I think is what uh, several years ago, the chiropractor was alluding to with me in my certain case there. So, okay, you know it. This probably also isn't new to me. It's like, yeah, I'm really stressed out. I don't feel like I'm in a very regulated state. So what in the heck am I actually doing about it? The awareness is so key. It's so beautiful. And sometimes it will be easier to be aware the more we are in calm, spacious uh, energy, the more we can bring awareness to some of these pieces. We don't, when we're in that fight or flight mode, the parts of our brain that come online for us to be clear and rational in our thinking, they're just not available to us. We're in our animal brain. That's not the point of the animal brain. That's not what it is, or the reptilian brain. That is not the, that's not its job. It's just trying to keep you safe. It's working so hard to keep you protected. And it's working oftentimes in overtime. No surprise. The first thing that I'm going to say, breath work. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that can be being held. That can be scheduling a session with a facilitator. That can be using an app. That can be you laying on the mat and really consciously taking time to settle in for 8, 10, 12, 20, 40 minutes of breath. It can also just be some awareness to your breath. 
we often don't notice, I guess I don't notice how shallow I'm breathing until I invite myself into a full breath. And suddenly there's a whole lot more space to it. We really want to get the diaphragm moving. You want to be able to expand the rib cage in all directions. It should go right and left. It should go front and back. Feeling that full, long expansion of the inhales and the full, long release of the exhales. Specifically talking about offloading stress and offloading heightened emotions. When we add in physiological size or prolonged exhales, essentially, the body naturally drops into that more calm state. When you take an, this is where I get to make my worlds meet. And this is where I get excited because I did actually learn this and feel when I use skills that I learned in grad school that I'm not necessarily doing and paid for my degree. I'm like, okay, good job. You you justified, you justified that experience for yourself. Not that I had to, and not that I regret it, but it is, it is slightly comical. Um, but when we take an inhale, your diaphragm moves, it drops. So it's creating more space. When there's more space created, there's more space for the heart. When there's more space for the heart in a small instant, the body says, oh my gosh, my blood pressure is dropping simply because there's more capacity in a vessel. Your heart is just a mechanical pump. It's a lot more than that, but in essence, it's a mechanical pump. It was the way that I described to all of the, uh, those who were very mechanically minded in their rehab program. I was like, your heart's a pump. It has valves. It has everything that your engine and your car does. So when your diaphragm drops down, when there is more space for your heart, your blood pressure decreases a little bit. And the body says, Ooh, we better speed up the heart rate because we need to get that blood pressure back up. So as we inhale, the heart rate slightly raises. And as you exhale, then the diaphragm comes back into a uh, smaller space. There's a little bit more constriction around the heart, natural, exactly what it's supposed to do. The blood pressure is not, it didn't drop at all. It's stabilizing in a space. The body says, okay, I don't have to pump as hard because my blood pressure is staying right where I want it to. My heart rate can drop down a little bit. So in those heightened spaces, just thinking, if I just make my exhales a little bit longer, I'm naturally giving cues and signs to my body through my heart, through my heart rate, through my nervous system, through this whole interconnected being, we can just slow down a little bit. Welcoming in breath before you eat can be very helpful in dropping you into a little bit more of that rest and digest state. It can help with that digestive upset. If that is a symptom or something that you're noticing around some dysregulation or some anxiousness or overload of stress, breath work before you go to bed, a minute, two minutes. This is not asking that you have to devote tons of time and energy, which can feel counterintuitive when we're already pushed to our max of just very deep, slow, conscious breathing. Maybe it starts out faster and eventually drops down to a little bit slower of just telling the body, signaling the body, we are safe. We are here. The nervous system is, is monitoring our safety. It's monitoring what needs to happen. If we need to be more in an excitement mode, if we can be in that rest and that digest state, our body's not going to breathe fully if we're running from a tiger, if we're in fight or flight. But if the body doesn't know what the body doesn't know, we can start to cue it and tell it, I'm safe here. I'm lying in my bed. 
I can look, I can see something familiar. There isn't a threat in this special, in this specific moment. Let's see if we can drop the breath just a little bit, maybe just a little bit. So breath work is going to be one huge, huge, huge component. And if you're working on something that is a little bit more chronic, that is something a little bit more impactful, that is dealing with processing trauma, with managing emotions, with anxiety, with depression, I will say that having somebody support you in breath work or meditation, uh, therapy, somatic experiencing, whatever you are doing, when we hold others, what happens is what, what the hope, what I, I hope for you happens is your facilitator holds a regulation, a grounded, calming frequency. Your system picks up on that and it says, okay, we're safe here. This is a calm space. I can feel an energy around me that is grounded, that is present, that has ease to it. And the vibration of your body can begin to match that. It might not do it instantaneously. It might not be very evident to you. It might take time to build a relationship. It might feel build, take time to let your body know that it's safe. That's all okay. It's nothing. We don't rush any of this. This is all about titration. But that begins to help us. That is, that's co-regulation. That's, that's one of the beautiful parts of being held and supported by somebody else, being witnessed, being seen, being heard. There's a lot of parts to that. Um, as always, if it is something you want to talk about more, click on the link in my bio, send me a message. I'm so happy to hold space for you. I'm honored and privileged just to even talk a little bit more about how you can make this a part of your day-to-day -day life, whether that's always in relation to being held or just in general, how, how can I make this work for me? How can you make this work for you? So the next step is a approach. It's called the 30 to 90 second mode, 30 to 90 second mode. I added the mode. I don't remember the last part of it, but essentially what we are looking at is in a instance, our initial biochemistry and electrical surges come on very strong and they last in that strong instance for about 30 to 90 seconds when our conscious and unconscious mind are starting to adjust and process what is happening. This is a stage where we tend to be very reactive versus responding. We tend to be very impulsive. So when you are in a situation and you can feel yourself immediately go into a heightened response, seeing if again, practicing, working on this, we're never going to get it perfect all the time. This is something new that you're learning and exploring. Give yourself grace. Don't make yourself more stressed out about trying to be perfect in this. But as you notice an intense sensation being present, can you give yourself about 90 seconds to take some of those deep breaths, building on some of the breath work that we just talked about. Can you visualize your rib cage expanding front, back, side, side? And can you make that exhale really strong? You don't have to say like, oh, shit, now I got to do 90 seconds. How much is 90 seconds? Do five to eight breaths. Do five to eight breaths. Somewhere in there, you're going to flesh out to be about 30 to 90 seconds. Something else really helpful in these circumstances are it's not just using the breath, but can we create some mental space? Can you move yourself a little bit out of the heightened situation? Can you change rooms? Can you um, go and close your eyes? Can you be in an internal space if that feels safe to you? And then moving your body, 
that pent up energy, that release, that instant hit from the nervous system, like (laughs) we're ready to go. It's going to be surging through you. Can you shake your arms and limbs like animals do when they're threatened in nature? Can you stretch your body? Can you do a couple high knees? Can you um, do some back bends, do some forward bends? Can you get into a, uh, a little bit of a yoga flow? Whatever that is for you, keep it simple and just think, I breathe. I'm going to move myself out a little bit. I'm going to create a little bit of mental spaciousness here. And then I'm going to physically move my anatomy, my physiology to let that pent up energy or that surge, that flush of energy process out and make its way out. The third step that I will share or third offering that I will share is visualizing your emotions. When I was first reading this, I was just chuckling to myself because this said makes so much sense in practicality, especially if emotional intelligence is not a strong point of yours at this stage in your life, as it's still a process for me. Uh, it can feel so challenging. It can feel so foreign. And so take it with a grain of salt. That's why there's offerings. There isn't, you have to do all these things. There isn't one way it's playing and exploring ways for you, but visualizing your emotions. When we are in a dysregulated state, everything feels amplified. I don't have to tell you that, you know, that suddenly you are stressed to the max. You have not been sleeping. You're in a conflict. Life is insanity. And somebody cuts you off in traffic and the whole world is going to come to an end. You, your shoe comes untied and you lose your fucking mind, right? It's just the state that we're constantly in. So when an emotion comes to the surface, maybe it's overwhelm, maybe it's fear. Maybe you can't label the emotion. I had a very challenging time naming emotions when I first started this journey, because there was about four of them that were on my radar, sad, mad, happy. I would say hungry or tired. I don't even know if hungry and tired are technically an emotion, but like the, the basics I could get. The rest was so nuanced to me. It was such a foreign concept for me. I didn't know where it lived in my body. I couldn't tell you. I remember being at therapy the first time and I was a mess, it just a mess, like heaving and crying. And, and the therapist, bless your heart. She just kept asking like, what are you feeling right now? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Sad. She was like, where does that live in your body? I was like, bitch, I, I don't know. I'm just sad. <laughs> like, you don't have to pinpoint it. It's just, okay, what is here for me right now? And visualize if you can, that emotion in front of you. Maybe it's a color, maybe it's a texture, maybe it's a visualization, maybe it's a person, whatever that is, but some representation of that emotion is off of you. There's space from you and it's now in front of you. And then as you've created space for it, what if with your mind's eye kind of doing some Jedi mind tricks or with your hands or whatever feels good, seeing yourself, or maybe even with your hands, physically manipulating that energy. Can you squeeze if it's in the form of a jagged ball in front of me? Can I push with pressure and with actual force, push my hands together and envision that emotion getting smaller, moving that? Can I maybe just push, put my hands out straight from my body and push it away from me? Can I just have more space? Can you use your breath and create some ripples and waves in it? 
Can you change the color of it? Is there anything that you can do to separate it off of your body, out of your body for a little bit of time to give you a little bit of space to drop out of that immediate heightened, I have to do something with this and just transition to this isn't, this isn't me. This is something I'm experiencing. I can think a little clearer. I can breathe a little deeper. I can take my 30 or 90 seconds and I can make some elective choices instead of it being a chosen sensation for me. That's what I always feel like in that really dysregulated thing. Everything feels like it's being chosen for me. This is just coming. This is something I have no control over. So can I take some space so I can make some choices from a little bit more present state? And the last thing is visualizing something beautiful. Again, another one that I did some research in, another one that I was looking into, and immediately I scoffed like this bullshit again. (laughs) Because I say that with knowing how quickly the spiritual space, the healing space, the whatever space is to say like, just put a positive spin on it, high vibes only. And like, don't be in that negative space. So taking this with a grain of salt, because this is not a space of bypassing what is, this is a space of, can I calm myself enough to be regulated so I can actually tackle, sit with, be with, hold, process what is. In the heightened state, we don't have that ability. Your body doesn't give a shit if you can. It's just trying to keep you safe. It's doing its best job that it could absolutely do to keep you safe. It just is really intense. So by visualizing something beautiful, actively seeing it in your mind, is it your favorite space? Is it a face of somebody you love? Is it something in your room right now that you can look at? Is it the way that the plant bends? Is it the blue in the sky? Is it your nails that you just got manicured and they look damn fucking good? What is it that is something that feels really beautiful to you? When we are visualizing, actively visualizing something, the areas in your brain think that that's happening. It doesn't know in that moment, like, oh, this isn't where I am. Oh, this isn't what it is. We're so deeply ingrained in this visualization. And the brain starts to follow those patterns. It starts to follow the pattern of the visualization. It starts to, okay, I can't, I don't have to be this heightened. I'm looking at this beautiful thing. I have this rush of, um, energy that comes through me. That's a little more calming. That's maybe a little bit of gratitude in there that can sense and see this beauty. I don't have my blinders on. It's not a super heightened state. And then from there, giving yourself a break enough to come out of dysregulation, come back into a little bit more resource. Maybe in that exact moment, you can't tackle the thing that tripped you into that dysregulation or really, really amplified the regu- the dysregulation that you were already feeling. Maybe that's not the time and space for it. So then the, the promise to yourself is, gets to be, I will come back to you. I will come back to you when I lay on my mat tonight and do my breath work. I will come back to you when I meet with my practitioner. I will come back to you when I'm in a yoga flow, when I'm meditating, when I'm doing whatever you choose to do for your other practices to actually address the suppression of emotions to actually address what the root cause of this is, because all of these are beautiful offerings to help bring you out of dysregulation. But unless we're coming back into the root of it, unless we're regularly practicing this, it's just a band aid. 
It's just a fix. That's why I always say, you know, breath work isn't the thing that's like fixing you. It isn't curing you. It isn't doing anything. It's you choosing to give yourself time and space to process what is here and to come back and to connect to self. And I'll say that with any modality, with anything, with like, don't give your power to external sources. Remember, it's you. It's always you. And we can feel good. We don't have to feel like shit. We don't have to feel heightened emotion and in that intense fight or flight, in that intense anxiety, in those ruminating thoughts, in explosion of emotions. We don't have to live like that. We don't have to feel like that. So it's also okay to say, I don't even want to fix any of this right now. I just want to take a break from feeling like shit pile. I want to feel good. I want to feel good. That's beautiful as well to be able to say. I hope these were helpful for you. Just a little bit of a variation. Other things, again, cold plunges, breath work, meditation, somatic practices, uh, red light therapy can be really great. Time in nature can be a wonderful way of uh, regulation, laughter, joy, bliss, having a conversation, deep, deep connection with somebody can all be really supportive ways. But as I was looking through things and finding a couple of these and putting this together, I thought, ah, oh, these are just things that aren't way far off base, but just aren't necessarily the things that I see in my circle all the time. And wanted to share with you, sending you so much light, so much love always. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I cannot tell you enough how grateful I am for you and that you get to be on this journey with me and we're here together on this wild, this wild ride. If there's something in this episode that landed with you, share it on Instagram, share it with a friend, tag me in. And I want to know, I want to hear about it. I love in the ways that we get to connect And if you feel called, you can head over and rate and review this podcast. It helps us to grow and share and have other like-minded souls join this community and rise together. Sending you light and love always.